This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. Hey everyone, welcome back to Pop Culture Confidential, a part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. In just a few days, depending on when you're listening to this, Friday the 14th marks the premiere of Barry Jenkins' 10-episode TV adaptation of Colson Whitehead's The Underground Railroad. I've said it before, this series is really a breathtaking piece of work, masterful storytelling and visually and emotionally stunning. And the work that's gone into this series is quite incredible. A few weeks ago, I got to talk to composer Nicholas Bertel about how he and Jenkins created the beautiful score. So listen to that if you have a moment. And this week, we're talking to actor and South Londoner Aaron Pierre. Director Barry Jenkins actually discovered the actor on stage while watching a production of Othello at the Globe Theatre. You may also have seen Aaron Pierre in the Superman prequel series Krypton on the Sci-Fi Channel. And later this year, he's going to be starring in M. Night Shyamalan's new thriller, Old. Aaron Pierre's performance in The Underground Railroad is powerful. He plays Caesar, an enslaved man who convinces Cora Randall to escape their life of bondage through The Underground Railroad, which in Whitehead's novel and the adaptation is quite a literal conceit, a system of underground trains on the way to freedom. In our conversation, Aaron and I talk about the daunting task of stepping into the role of Caesar, how Barry Jenkins made the set a safe and supportive experience, and how this story really resonates today. I started by asking Aaron about his background and if acting was something he always felt compelled to do. Yeah, um, my dad is an actor um, and also one of my greatest inspirations um, you know, as a kid, it was so inspiring um, and so exciting to see my dad do what he loves. Um, my mum is not in the creative industries, but my mum inspired me in an, a whole entire different, different way, you know, just in regards to, you know, her approach to life and how you connect with people. Yeah, you know, I, I sort of at a certain age, wanted to be a sprinter, you know, was sort of convinced that I would, you know, be the fastest man on the planet. And, you know, I joined like a local athletics group. I really pursued that for a period of time. And then around 14, my passion just slowly but surely began to develop and change. And I sort of recognized that what I wanted to do was storytell. And I wanted to hopefully just affect positive change in that way. Uh, so I joined a local theater group in Croydon um, at a warehouse theater. And um, basically what we did there was we devised our own work, we improvised and we would put it on for whoever wanted to see it, which often wasn't very many people, but that wasn't, that wasn't what we were doing it for, you know? And I think that's where I learned my core fundamentals of what I do. Now, I know you as Cassio in Othello at 
the Shakespeare's Globe, as well as um, in the Superman sort of prequel, I guess you can call it, Krypton, which went. Now, these are very different genres, but still classic themes in both of these. Are these the type of storytelling you're talking about that you wanted to tell? Yeah, that's a great question. I think for me, what, what, what the deciding factor is in regards to the projects that I do is never uh, the medium and it's never the genre. It's what I feel at that moment resonates with me and is important to me, you know? And um, I think up, up to now, you know, I'm really happy with the projects that I've been part of and the stories that they've told, you know, from, um, you know, you know, being, being part of Othello, you know, and being, having the opportunity to play Cassio as a young black man was such an exciting opportunity. You know, um, uh, I also did August Wilson play, and August Wilson play Medley the Second. You know, which you know, August Wilson is a huge inspiration for me, and you know, his canon of plays basically tells the story of um, you know the African American experience decade by decade, um, and Underground Railroad. Now, you know, of course, it's uh, all of these opportunities that have presented themselves have really resonated with me, and. I've been very, it's, it's felt important to me to, to be part of it. Um, how did Underground Railroad and, and Barry Jenkins come to you? So, so, um, so Barry visited London in 2018 to uh, see Othello at the Globe mm. because dear friend Andre Holland was playing Othello and I was playing his Lieutenant Cassio. And that's even how Barry even discovered that I existed was by seeing me in that show. Um, and then not long after the show that he saw, he sent me a message on Twitter, uh, a direct message on Twitter, and basically just shared his support and appreciation for what he saw. Wow. And said, you know, we, you know, we need to connect and find something that we can work on together. Um, and then Underground Railroad came about, the audition for that came about. I was just thinking when you were saying at the beginning, wasn't Barry Jenkins also first thinking of getting into sports? I think he was an incredibly good American football player until he went into the arts as well. So you guys sort of had that sports <laughs> and arts. <laughs> um, describe Caesar. How did you craft him? That's a, that's a really great question. And I don't think I crafted him. I think I had to step into him. It mm. was for me, which was very daunting actually, if I'm being really honest, it was very daunting because I, as Aaron, looking at that character, have a deep respect and admiration for his characteristics and his qualities. Um, you know, this is a man who, you know, he was born in Virginia and in Virginia was promised manumission along with his parents that manumission didn't come to fruition and he and his parents were then sold in three different directions. Caesar was taken from Virginia to the deep South to a plantation in Georgia. And that's where us as the audience first meet him. Now, let alone where the story goes, just that up until that point alone in Caesar's history up until that point, it's incredibly difficult for me to get my head around how someone can have that magnitude of resilience and strength to endure those circumstances and 
digest and process them in a way that doesn't engulf them and consume them. And he somehow still manages to feel hope and feel possibility. To me, that I just have the deepest admiration and respect for that. So it was very daunting to step into that character. And I just really just did my best to hopefully bring him to life in a way that did that character justice and serve and service. So the fact that Caesar knows how to read, which was not common and even a dangerous ability for a slave, do you think that it helps or burdens Caesar that he has this world of reading? There is a, I think there is a burden of knowing for Caesar. You know, he's, he's seen, I think he's seen a glimpse of what it is to be free, not because he's experienced it, but he's witnessed it. And I think even a glimpse of seeing what true liberty and freedom looks like will never leave you and will never escape you. And I think that is the core of why he does, you know, escape Georgia and, and leave because he knows what his human right is and he knows what everyone's human right is and, and he wants to pursue that and obtain that. Um, I think that's the, the core of why he, why he leaves. Yeah, there's a very strong, when he's with Cora there in one of the scenes, he says, I'm not supposed to be here. And she says, well, I am. If you could describe the relationship between them in the beginning before they leave. Yeah, that scene, that scene, that scene was um, very heavy. I remember yeah. that. I think their relationship is a really, it becomes a very beautiful relationship in regards to we see, despite these horrific circumstances that are their reality and um, horrific things that happen around them, within their relationship, they still, despite this, manage to have a love for one another, a respect for one another, and a trust. And, and that, that ties into why I think this story is told in such an incredible way, which is testament to Barry, because yes, we see the devastating hardships that were endured for people, many people against their will. But later in the series, we also have an opportunity to celebrate the magnitude of strength and resilience of these people to endure and overcome those circumstances. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, with Caesar and Cora's relationship, you know, they, they connect, they have this trust, this love, and, um, and, and, they, and they, they go on this journey together in the pursuit of true liberty and freedom. You were mentioning Barry Jenkins has said that he was frightened making this, that the trauma that had to be, that was, that's embedded in this material, the brutality, the trauma. Um, and I understand that he made many decisions. For example, you never see a whip actually making contact with flesh, that the sound is enough, and it really is. Um, can you tell me a little bit how you talked about this together as actors, director, um, and how this was for you? Yeah, I think you know that's a really thoughtful question. And I think, um, firstly, I want to give thanks to Barry because Barry created such a safe and supportive environment for everyone involved in this project. 
Um, he handled everything with such care and sensitivity and everybody's well-being, mental, spiritual, emotional, physical well-being was at the core and the forefront of everything he did. And, you know, a manifestation of that is, you know, he ensured that we had a guidance counselor on set at all right, times. There was a therapist, right? Irrespective, I've said this many times, you know, I think irrespective of whether you utilize that service or not, it's just the knowing that it is that service is available for you even when you need it. If you find yourself in a particularly dark space that is, feels inescapable, there is someone there to talk you through that and to guide you out of that space and reassure you of certain things that you may need reassuring about. Um, so I, I have to thank Barry first and foremost, and also the cast, you know, everyone involved and crew, you know, we, everybody is from all over the world came together to make this project and everybody really held and supported one another throughout this entire process. And we all had the same objective, which was to tell this story as truthfully and authentically as possible to honor those who really experienced this as their reality. Yeah, you were talking about how stories that you choose speak to you. Um, how does this speak to today? I mean, we're in a moment in history, of course, where, you know, resurgence of white nationalism, racist police violence, how does this telling this story now um, reflect the moment we're in? Yeah, I think, um, I think as a global community, I think we have a very, very long way to go in regards to empathy, understanding and unity. And my hope for this project is that it will contribute to that conversation and I hope that people will reflect and ask of themselves what it is they can do that is conducive to progress in those areas because it's needed and it's urgent. And, and that's, that's, that's where I land with it. I really hope that this, you know, this will make people ask themselves what's conducive to progress. Um, I'd like to talk just briefly about Barry Jenkins' filmmaking in general. There's so much beautiful, magical realism in this visually. And, and, and Nicholas Bertel was saying that when he was thinking of the music, he was thinking of how hate is the opposite of love. So he could, would sort of switch the music around, um, really reverse it, so that when you know you got used to sort of a love theme, then you would feel that tension coming out. And I was thinking visually and in terms of, of doing a scene, how is it working in this sort of landscape of magical realism as in contrast to the brutality? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, no, that's a really interesting question. It's. The, the thing is, although there is this, uh, although there are fantastical elements, you know, you know, the, the actualization of, you know, a train being the Underground Railroad and, a, and, a, and a, you know, caves and tunnels and routes, although there is that fantastical element, so much of the series is grounded in history. So I think for, for me personally, on my sort of journey throughout this project, 
you know, it was it was very clear to me which elements were fantastic, fantastical, and which elements were really deep rooted in history. And um, majority majority of it is, and for that reason, you know, it was always just my my motivation was always just to, to be as truthful and as, as authentic as I possibly could. I just want to quickly, before we end, uh, completely change gears because you are also coming up in M. Night Shyamalan's new movie, Old. So I was thinking, why not just tell us everything about the twist? (laughs) 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 Because I'm quite certain there is a fantastic twist. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, that that was such an amazing experience. You know, I've wanted to work with M. Night since I saw Sixth Sense, which was a long time ago when I first watched that. Um, I think he's just a masterful storyteller. Um, particularly another masterful storyteller. Another masterful storyteller, um, and particularly in the genre of thrillers. Um, and what I can say is, you know, although this is a thriller and it's terrifying. <laughs> what's the, just the generally, what's the premise? Well, I think what it does is it really asks really fascinating questions about the concept of time mm-hmm. and perspective. And, you know, it, I think it asks the audience, how would you utilize time if you had to live your life in a day? And I think that asks a lot of questions alone, you know, in regards to perspective and what you consider important and what you allow not to affect you and what deeply affects you if time is reduced. Um, so it, it's, it, it asks a lot of questions along with the scales. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what we want. Aaron, thank you so much. I wish you thank guys you. so much luck with the Underground Railroad, and I'm so looking forward to everyone being able to see it on a greater scale. And thank you for taking your time with me. No, thank you for your time and energy. I appreciate it. Thanks so much to Aaron Pierre. The Underground Railroad premieres on Friday, May 14th on Amazon Prime. M. Night Shyamalan's Old premieres later this summer. And thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. Hi there. I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast... That's a hard no about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no.